I know that every day we are confronted with messages and news of lack, news of sickness and death coming through all the news media, coming through all the newspapers, the internet, the television, the radio, the social media, everything. And as you can see, the title to my message tonight, I forgot to tell you, is uh, it's a season for decisions. So we're going to be talking about seasons tonight and uh, making decisions. We also, I want to say, uh, I think I say that later on anyway, but I'm going to talk about two types of seasons tonight. And the first season I'm going to talk about, they're both important, but I really want you to pay really close attention to the first part, all of it really, but to the first part of your uh, making decisions. As I said, we're bombarded with all this stuff going on. We get our ears and eyes pump full every day. We're bombarded on every side. It's kind of like Paul, uh, he said he was pressed on all sides. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, in New King James, it says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. He said, We are perplexed, but not in despair. Verse 9 said, Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 13 says, And since we have the same faith, according to what is written, I believed, and I capitalized that, I believed, and therefore I spoke, I capitalized spoke, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Because my, my, all of my teaching primarily is on believing and speaking. And that's what the Bible teaches us. Believe it in our heart and speak it out of our mouths. You could not even become a Christian without doing that. In order to become a Christian, you first had to believe it in your heart and then speak it out of your mouth. And the Lord informed me a long time ago that that's the way everything else comes to. you got to believe it in your heart and you got to speak it out of your mouth. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. He says, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen, he said, are eternal. We need to think about that. Think about that, that all those things right now, all those things that you're going through in your life right now, just think about it, they're only temporary. That's why Paul and the others did not lose heart, because they had their faith in God and not what was going on around them. And you must, you must do the same. You must put your faith in the only one that can help you. There's only one person that can help you, and that's God Almighty. You can't get help from your banker and, or from your neighbor and your friends. You can, but not the kind of help that you really need. Saints, I believe the time has come to choose what we're willing to give up for Jesus' sake, what we're willing to let go of. A time to find out what our priorities are. I believe it's a season for decisions. And you might ask, what do I mean when I say it's a season for decisions? Well, brothers and sisters, from the things that I see and the things that I hear, I think that many are trying to serve two gods. And if you are a believer, you know there is only one God, and that's God Almighty. And I know that I'm about to say something that might step on some toes tonight. But if I step on your toes, just say, ouch. You know, <laughs> just keep on, keep on listening. However, I really have prayed about this, and I, I, must say, uh, I must say what the Lord gives me to say. He did not anoint me to preach tickle your ear messages. He has, not anointed, he has anointed me to teach his truths. Because in the end, brothers and sisters, in the end, his truths are the only thing that will save you. And that's really the only thing that matters. In the end, when the end comes, that's the only thing that's going to matter. As I was reading in Matthew yesterday, I had almost started not to say a couple of things, but then as I was reading yesterday in my prayer time in Matthew, I realized I must teach his word as he gives it to me. According to James 3, we're all familiar with that verse where it says, Jesus says, we who teach will be judged more strictly than others. And in Matthew chapter 5, 19 through 20, in the easy read version, it said a person should obey every command in the law, even one that does not seem important. Whoever refuses to obey any command and teaches others not to obey it will be the least important in the kingdom. There's a couple of different types of laws. And, the, and when Jesus is saying that a person should obey every command in the law, he's talking about God's law. There was a law in the Old Testament that we don't live under the old law. The Bible says in the New Testament that the, 
that the uh, law was made for the non-believers and not for the believers. So there's, there's God's law, a way of doing things, and then there's the other law. And so that's what he's saying. In other words, he's talking about obedience. And he said, even one that does not seem important. He said, whoever refuses to obey any command and teaches other than, others not to obey it, he said, will be the least important in God's kingdom. But whoever obeys the law and teaches others to obey it, he says, will be, the great, will be great in God's kingdom. And verse 20 says, I tell you that you must do better than the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. He said, if you're not pleasing to God, if you are not more pleasing to God than they are, he says, you will never enter God's kingdom. Think about that. I have to think about that. I have to teach it as he gives it to me, or I'm not going to be pleasing to God. I'm not going to be any different than the Pharisees. And I don't want to be guilty of that. Saints, this convinced me that I must teach his truths. When I look on the Facebook, and I see some of my brothers and sisters in Christ watching things filled with witches and devils, not realizing Halloween is Satan's holiday, it amazes me. It really does. It really amazes me. I realize that Satan has made us think that is a fun holiday. But we believers of the word knows better. Or we should know better. And I know I've seen a lot of believers that say they're believers. But, you know, I know that at one time I was guilty. But one time I was living in the world and I was a non-believer and I didn't know any better. God don't hold you guilty for something you don't know. But when you do know, the Bible says, when you do know, then you need to line up with it. When I was young and my children were young, we used to celebrate Halloween. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like all other holidays, you know, when, whether it's Christmas or Easter with the Easter bunny, you know, and, or Halloween. I think Halloween's probably the worst uh, because that's satanic, you know, that's Satan's birthday. So, you know, they, you know, they're worshiping him. So there's no way that we can celebrate Halloween and still worship God at the same time because that's saying you're worshiping two gods and you can't do it. You, we only have one God and we have to make a decision which one we want to serve. And if it hurts somebody's feelings, that's just too bad. Because the day is coming, and it's coming soon. You know, I, I was telling uh, Natasha earlier, I, I was watching a movie yesterday called The uh, Remaining. Some of you may have seen it. But it's about the end times. And I, I was thinking about that um, because I see uh, news clips every now and then from previews from movies, you know, where most of them kind of take place in the church, you know, where the end time comes and Jesus comes, you know, and and zoop, you know, half the people's gone and half the people get left behind, you know. And, and all that's left is their clothes. But the movie I was seeing yesterday, the bodies were still there, but the ones that Jesus took just a soul and took the others. And there was one person, one girl in there, that was a Christian. As a matter of fact, it, it, everything began on her wedding day. And it, it, was just, it was just a powerful movie. But I couldn't help but think, you know, because they were at this wedding reception, which, like I said, a lot of these things would take place in the church. But the Bible says that nobody knows the return of the Lord, that we don't know what hour that he's coming back. He said he's coming back in the blink of an eye. You know, so we're not going to know when that time is, is coming, but we do feel like that with the evidence and according to the prophecies in the Bible that that's getting near, it's, it's getting closer. And so we're going to have to be more aware of what we are letting our eyes see and our ears hear in our children because God is not going, you know, he's not going to be acceptable to this. I can tell you that. And, and in this movie, this girl said, she says uh, that they were asking her, she said she knew what was going on because she was used to going to church and her parents were Christians. And of course, God had taken them, her parents, but not her. And uh, they said, well, if you're a Christian, you go to church. Why didn't he take you? She says, I don't know. She says, I was going to church and I thought I was doing everything right. There's a lot of people listening online today and this word will go around the world and back probably several times. But there's a lot of people that think they're doing everything right, but they haven't done the most important thing. And that's to give their heart to Jesus. And that's the most important thing. So I didn't come in here to condemn anybody. Like I said, I'm guilty of everything that I'm talking about. 
I'm just saying that when I became a Christian, I gave up. I became a new creature in Christ. And as far as I'm concerned, all those old things passed away. And I began to learn more about him. And I'm learning today. Every day I learn more and more and more. But I also learn more and more that I can't stay silent. That I must speak up because the Bible says if we don't speak up, then he holds us guilty. If we don't tell him the truth. And so you can't say, well, I didn't know that was, I didn't know that. It says here, In Matthew 4.10, it says, Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written that you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. In Exodus 34.14, it says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. In Hebrews 12.27, it says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship, with reverence and awe. Yesterday, like I said, I was watching that movie, and I've already talked about that. But it says in both the Old and the New Testaments that it is continually it is continually stated that there is one God. And even God himself confirms it by saying, I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. In Isaiah 42, 8, it says, I am the Lord, and that is my name. He said, I will not give my glory to anyone else, Praise God. And he said, nor will I share my praise uh, with carved idols. Saints, I will be, you know, like I said, I'm going to be talking again a little bit more now about seasons and decisions. Because according to Ecclesiastes 3, 1 in New Living Bible, it says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the sun. There's a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. And now I think it's really a time tonight to make a decision to start cutting loose some of those things that we have come, gotten addicted to or got accustomed to in our lives that is not pleasing to the Lord or that grieves the Holy Spirit. I think that we can do that. And as I said earlier, I believe the time has come to choose what we're willing to give up for Jesus' sake and what we're willing to let go of. He gave up his life for us. And, of course, the first and most important decision that you will ever make is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Also want to talk to you about seasons. As it says in Ecclesiastes 3, there is a season for everything. And I believe it's a season to make a decision to put God first in your life and to have a full understanding that there is only one God. And that's God Almighty himself. Hallelujah. And when we do this, I truly believe that God will do as he said he would. He will bless us coming in, going out in the city and in the field. He will, pour, he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on us that will not have room to contain it all. Because all the stuff that he has on this earth, he has put here for his children. He did not put it here for the non-believers. He put it here for his children. Hallelujah. Saints, a few years ago, I had the honor of sharing God's word at a church over in Portsmouth, Virginia, and the Lord impressed upon me to let them know it was their time to grow and expand. And the Lord has impressed upon me to share with you some of the things that he gave me for them. For the Lord has placed it in my spirit that you're coming into your season. I believe there's a season for everything. And right now, we're in different seasons. But right now, I think we're in in that season of uh, growing and, and expanding in our in our lives and our personal life and in our Christian walk with the Lord and making decisions. But if you're going to enter into that season, whatever season that is in your life, then you have to be prepared for it. Saints, times are changing. All you have to do is just look around and you know and, and see that the changing uh, is exactly the way the Bible says it's going to be. So we shouldn't really be surprised and shocked. When we see all this stuff going around, because from what I've seen and read in the Bible, it's going to be, we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg wow. compared to what we're going to be seeing, Amen. you know. But now is a season, it's a time, it's the right time to line our lives up and get ready for whatever season we are in our life. I don't know what season you're in, but I believe I'm in a season for growth and for expanding in my faith and my walk with the Lord, and preparing for a battle. Because we are in a spiritual battle, 
whether we recognize it or not, we are. We have been in a spiritual battle. We're always in a spiritual battle. Actually, from the time you wake up in the morning till you, put your, and you, till you go to bed at night, you put your feet on the floor, the enemy is after you. He's after your faith. He's after God's word. And you've you got the God's word in you. And you have God's faith. And that's what the enemy is trying to get. He's trying to get the word out of you. He's trying to put doubt in you. He's trying to put fear in you. He's trying to steal your faith. And the best way to be prepared is to get as close to our father as we can. And know this, what he does for one of his children, he'll always do for the rest. For our father is not a respecter of persons. It tells us in Romans 2.11, an Amplified Bible says, For God shows no partiality, no undue favor or unfairness with him. One man is not different from another. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And Acts 10.34 says, Peter opened his mouth and said, Most certainly and thoroughly I now perceive and I now understand that God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. Peter was saying this, saints, after he had been called to go to Cornelius' house and pray for him because he was a Gentile. And you'll find that in Acts 10.27. Because Peter was a Jew and Cornelius was not. But this made Peter realize that to God all men were the same. In Acts 10.27, in Galatians 3.28, as a matter of fact, this is the verse that the Lord convinced me that he had called me into the ministry because I struggled with that being a female because the church that we were going to uh, did not sanction women ministries. Uh, and so he, he was after me for quite some time before I gave in, but he finally gave me this verse and he gave it to and he made me read it several times till like it clicked. In Galatians 3.28, New King James, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female, for you are all and one in Christ Jesus. We're all the same. My point is, he wants me to let you know that it's your season to grow and expand. Are you hearing me? He wants you to know that the place that you've been in up to now is too small. It's just a small space. And that he is breaking you out on all sides. Hallelujah. And Isaiah 54, 2 says, Enlarge the location of your tent. Let the curtains of your dwellings be stretched wide and don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize and do not have knowledge of and understand. The Lord gave me this verse in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. This is where Jabez was crying out to God to increase his territory and increase his borders. Some of us have been crying out to God, too. We've also been crying out to God, asking him to open more doors for us, too. I I'm guilty. You know, it says in 1 Chronicles 4.10 in New Living Bible, it says, There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, sorrow maker, because his birth had been so painful. In verse 10, it says, He was the one, he was the one saints who prayed to God, to the God of Israel, All oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And it says, and God granted Jabez his request. Hallelujah. Think about that. Right in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's so awesome the way God works sometimes, you know. Actually, all the time. Because the way God works all the time amazes me. But he can reach out to you in the middle of nowhere. He can single you out no matter where you are and no matter how you're feeling. He can point to you and he can single you out and he can bless you right in the middle of the worst disaster that's going on around you or in you, whatever, he can just wipe it right out. And that just really amazes me because that's kind of what it, way I feel he did to me. Right in the middle of nowhere, when I thought I had no hope, when I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it uh, one time uh, before, right before I went into the ministry and after I went into ministry, I didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't think I could do it. But God, he knew I could. You know, because then by that time I belonged to him. I was his daughter and he was watching over me. 
And he's watching over all of you tonight. He never misses a beat. There's nothing that you can think, nothing you can say or do that he doesn't know about. You can hide it from your neighbor or your spouse, but you can't hide it from God. You know, Jabez cries out to the Lord. What do I mean by the middle of nowhere? If you've ever read this chapter in 1 Chronicles 4, you'll see that the whole chapter and other chapters is talking about the descendants of Judah. It's talking about genealogy, friends. That's all it was talking about, one right after the other. It's talking about genealogy. All, and, and right in the middle of all of this, Jabez breaks in with his prayer request. And you might ask, well, Pastor Joe, why does this genealogy give Jabez extra attention? Why even comment on Jabez? Well, to the Hebrew way of thinking, Jabez was a born loser. His name was like the Hebrew for pain. But despite his hard luck beginning, Jabez was honored because of his relationship with God. When we honor God, God will step in and he will do amazing, amazing things in your life. He will select you, pick you out for just the right time and the purpose. And all you have to do is make a decision to follow his leading and not be afraid. You know, God can point you out and he can lead you down and he can give you an assignment. And a lot of people will teach that if God's given you an assignment, then, then there won't be any uh, hindrances or any um, obstacles in your path. But that's not true. When God gives you something to do, the enemy is going to just come after you more because he's going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to stop you. But don't get discouraged. If you know that you know that you know that God has given you that assignment, like I knew that I knew that I knew that he gave me this assignment, I'm going to do it. It hasn't always been easy, and it's still not always easy. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the best I can to do the best. Like, that's all God wants out of us. He, he don't expect great wonders and everything. He just wants us to do our best. And, of course, God knows what that is. Saints, most of us here tonight have burned a lot of bridges, me included. And maybe some have even referred to you as a loser. And maybe without meaning to, you've caused a lot of pain to those that you love. I know that I have without meaning to. But like Jabez, you can still call on the God of Israel. You can call on your Father, and He will hear you too, and He will answer you. You just need to know that whatever it was you did, God has forgiven you, and He has forgotten it. When God forgets something, He's not like some people. Thank God. He forgets it. He doesn't dwell on it. He doesn't keep bringing it up. You know, he doesn't think about it. He doesn't know. He forgot it. Wouldn't that be great? You do something, just forget that. I've, I've been able to get better at that. I've not got it down yet, but I'm getting better <laughs> at just putting that aside, you know? Especially, you know, if somebody offends you or, or try to get in strife with you, you know, you just want to just uh, do something nice for that person. I think that's the best way to get over anything is somebody does something to you is just do something nice for that person. Bless those that persecute you. Hallelujah. And so like Jabez, like I said, you can still call on the God of Israel. You can call on your father and he will hear you too and he will answer you. You just need to know that whatever it was you did, God has forgiven you and he's forgotten it. And maybe you don't know what that means when God tells you that he doesn't remember your sins anymore. And, but Isaiah 43, 25 says in the message translation, he said, I, yes, I am the one who takes care of your sins. That's what I do. He said, I don't keep a list of your sins. <laughs> Thank God. You know, I believe there are some people that goes around, you know, they got a whole list. Whoop, he did this, he did that. And, and I have heard people say, you know, you ask them about doing something for somebody and they say, well, they've never done anything for me. I bet you've heard that. Why should I do that for them? They wouldn't do it for me, or they've never done it for me. All the more reason, brothers and sisters, all the more reason you need to do it for them. You know, there's all kinds of love, but the highest is agape love. Agape love is when you do something for somebody that maybe has done something to you or somebody you don't even know and don't expect anything in return. You're just doing it out of the, the love of your heart. 
Because if you do it for any other reason, it's not going to do you any good. But he wants you to do it out of the love of your heart because he tells you to. And because that's what Jesus would do. That's why he wants us to do it, because we're supposed to be like him. Created in his image. So we're supposed to act like him. You agree with that? Hallelujah. According to Romans 4, 7 through 8, New Living Bible, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Verse 8 says, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let me break this down. I'm just going to break it down a little bit more for you. It says, When God says he has forgiven you, and you go back and you ask again the same thing that he's already forgiven you for. He does not know what you're talking about. He has forgotten it, children of God. So, let, so let's say you've been, you have been to God maybe a hundred times or more about the same old thing, asking him for forgiveness. Well, every time that you go, it's the first time that God hears. Remember, he's forgotten your transgression. So you may have gone a hundred times, but, but it's the first time for God. Think about that. So once you ask God to forgive you for something, receive it. If you, if you truly repent, there is true repentance. And there's just not mouthing the word, you know, God, forgive me, I'm sorry. You have to have a true heart of repentance and asking the Lord, you know, telling the Lord, Lord, I'm so sorry and I repent of that and I ask you, please forgive me. And as soon as he does, as soon as you do, he will forgive you. And as soon as he forgives you, he forgets it. So I can go back all every day for a week or month, and I can ask God the same thing, and he's keep forgiving. He doesn't remember what I'm talking about. He just thinks it's new. You know, like I said, I wish people were that way. And I thank God for this, for it frees us up to receive from him the things he has for us. I thank God that he knows our end from the beginning, saints. <laughs> thank God that he has good plans for, for you and me, plans to do you good and to give us hope for a good end. Hallelujah. And you'll find that in Jeremiah 29, 11. I think most people are familiar with that. But this is what, this is what God told Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 5 in the Message Bible. He says, before I shaped you in the, in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you even saw the light of day, I had plans for you. A prophet to the nations, that's what I had in mind for you. But you know, God didn't have in mind for me to be a prophet of the nations. But then he had a, in mind, when I was in my mother's womb, before I ever saw the light of day, and before I was doing all them wild, crazy things, before I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he already knew that I was going to be preaching the word, that I was going to be teaching the word, because that's, that was my purpose. We all have purposes, and that was my that was one of my that was my purpose. And so I really I really think it's awesome. He, you know, saints in Ephesians two ten. He says, "For we all God's handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them." living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. He chose you, brothers and sisters, and he chose me before the creation of the world. But like Jabez, we can cry out to the Lord. He is still the same God today as he was when he granted Jabez his request because we all know, according to Hebrews 13, 8, that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he is, he is a God and he changes not. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, in the King James says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You know, friends, God is always, always wanting to bless you and give you your request. He wants to expand your territories and increase you in every area of your life, in every area of your life, not only in your health and your finances, but also in your, especially in your spiritual walk. He wants to increase you in, when I say every area of your life, he wants to increase and expand you in every area of your life. But you're going to have to trust the Lord to do it. Most of the time, the things that you're believing the Lord for seems like such impossibilities. I mean, I, I know that about as well as anybody. It seems 
it seems so far, everything seems so far out of your reach. I know that, I know what that's like, but, it, but it's not, saints, it's not out of your reach. It's not out of your reach. You know, I can remember back in 2005 up until 2009 or maybe even earlier than that, for that's when I began to write down the things that the Lord would place in my spirit. And before that, they were just thoughts, dreams, and wishes, and hopes in my head because I was not putting them down on paper. But that's where some of your dreams and hopes and wishes are now. They're right here in your head. For most of you, they're just still just wishes. I wish I could do this, and I wish I could do that, but wishing will not get you anywhere. My mother used to tell me that all the time. Joanne, wishing's not going to get you anywhere. Because I would say, Mom, I wish I could do this, and I wish I could do that. Wishing is not going to get you anywhere. But God wants to turn your dreams and hopes into a reality for you. I was not writing down the scriptures that the Lord would give me to stand on. However, once he impressed upon me to write them down, I began keeping a record of these things. And I would confess them over and over again. And I kept calling them until they were reality. Last night in bed, I listened to something normally every night. I would say probably I might miss a few times out of the year, but... Nine times out of ten, I'm listening to a word, a word, uh, you know, the audio Bible or a message or something. And last two nights, I've been listening to a cassette tape that I did a message down in North Carolina. And I think it was probably around 2006 or seven. And I, I was preaching. I forgot exactly what I was preaching on, but I was preaching. <laughs> Up a storm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I was teaching them some of the things that, I've been teaching in the ministry that God's given me, you know, about 10 years ago in this ministry because I had a ministry before that, and then he gave me this one in 2010. But, I, but some of the things that I was preaching to the people, to the congregation that night, I, was, I used to do their Bible study every Wednesday night, and some of the things I was teaching them is some of the things I'm teaching you now. I was teaching them some of the things that the Lord was teaching me as what I'm doing now. I try to teach you what the Lord gives me to teach you and what, how he teaches me. And so he was teaching me um, how to speak his word, how to write down everything he'd give me and how to confess it, you know, and speak it out loud out of my mouth. And when I was needing something, want something, you know, write it down and, and back it up with scripture and then just confess it and stand on it. And I was thinking that those things that I was writing down in my books, and I still got my books, you know, to show you, because I dated them, that some of the things I was preaching on that night and is in my books, I'm doing today. And some of those people, most of those people I was preaching to are still in the same place. Because they were not listening. They were listening, but they did not receive it. Don't be like that. Don't stay in the same place. God don't want you to stay in the same place, brothers and sisters. He wants you to move forward, but you've got to help him by being obedient and, and, being, and, and following his instructions and, and making decisions. Make a decision to do what he tells you to do, regardless of no matter who it hurts or whatever. You don't intentionally, God don't want you intentionally to hurt people. But the Bible tells you if you have to break away from your mother or your brother, your sister, whatever, you have, to, you have to cut loose anything that interferes with your walk with the Lord. But do it the best way you can. Are you hearing me? Don't, don't stay in the same place. I'm not patting myself on the shoulder. I mean, I, I, you know, I will fall down and get up and fall down and get up. And I've had some rough roads and some pretty big trials. But you can't stay there. It's a dead-end road. God wants you to have the very best. He don't want you to eat the crumbs anymore. He wants you to eat from his table. Are you hearing me? Then I would confess them, as I said, over and over again. I kept calling them until they were a reality. For example, these are the thoughts that he placed in my spirit concerning my ministry. Using these scriptures to confirm his word in 1 Chronicles 4.10 and Ephesians 2.10 and Matthew 16 and 19 where he said he would give me the keys of heaven 
that's where he's talking about whatever you bind on earth, you bound in he'll you know, whatever you bind on earth, he'll bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, he'll loose in heaven. And there's all different translations for that, some even better translations that'll give you a better understanding, even that. But I I, I happen to write that one down. So I prayed these scriptures. This is what I prayed. Father, I thank you that before you return, I have faith that I will speak the word of life to thousands even at one time and many more as the days are prolonged and you tarry. I thank you, Lord, that you yourself are continually increasing my borders in every direction. And I thank you that your hand is upon me and my ministry. I thank you that the work I do is the anointed work that you have prepared for me to do that you have given me the keys of the kingdom, according to Matthew 16, 19. I thank you, Lord, that you have opened up doors for me that no one can shut. In Isaiah 22, 22, it says, And the key of the house of David, he said, I will lay upon his shoulder. He shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. You have planned, I said, you have planned my work be beforehand, that I should do it according to Ephesians 2.10, in Jesus' name, so be it. I prayed this prayer, saints, five years consistently. Five years consistently, and some longer than that. And I'm still calling those things today, according to Romans 4.17, I'm calling for the new dreams, I'm calling for the new hopes, and the new ideas. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to move forward. I want to keep moving forward. Romans 10, 17 says, I call those things that are not as though they were. And that, my friends, is what you're going to have to do because your season is here. It's now. And let me back up here and say, when the Bible says to call those things that be not as though they are, most people are calling what's already here. If, if they're having like, they're speaking like. They don't realize that when they speak like, that it gives the enemy legal rights to come in and take what you already have. You need to speak that you have an abundance if you don't have a dollar in your pocket. Because if you will continue to speak abundance, you will attract abundance and eventually you'll have more in your pocket. Same way, and but if it, it works with just anything, you're going to get what you say. He said, call those things that be not as though they are. Don't keep calling what you already have. Call it the way you want it to be. You want to be healthy. You want to be prosperous. You want to be a blessing. You want God to bless you so you can be a blessing and dispense good unto others. You don't want, and you want to be a, a free at it too. That's one thing the Lord teaches me is free is to be a giver, you know, just give, 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 give. And, you know, it's amazing because you can't keep up with him. <laughs> the more you pour it out, he pours it right back in again. But he had told me that years ago that he was going to bless me, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. And he said just when I thought that he'd bless me and not all he could, he was going to press it down and give me some more. So <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. You know, you might ask, well, Pastor Joe, why are you telling us all of this? I'm telling you all this because the Lord has impressed upon me that some of you have been asking him for increase. And he can and he will enlarge your borders, the same as he did for Jabez and the same as he did for me. Jabez was granted his request, and I was granted my prayer request. And today I'm ministering to thousands upon thousands every day, I said, across the world, even though I started ministering at the jail, in the 50-man cell, and at the prison. He's brought me a long ways from the Duplin County, County Jail in the state prison to where I'm at today. You know, and, and so I think that's an awesome God. But I didn't get there. He, he, could not, he could not have done the things that he did for me if I had not been obedient to, to make a decision to follow him and do as he asked me to do. Did I get it all right? No. Did I probably write down everything he told me? No. But I did my best. And I, and I stood on what I believe, I stand on what I believe in. And I still today, I'm going to stand on what I believe in. And if he tells me, and I know that my message is getting a little 
away from what I normally preach on, but I'm still preaching on the Word because that's where the power is because God is His Word. And if you want anything, you're just going to have to exercise your mouth and speaking God's Word over that situation instead of cursing it. I do not believe that would have ever happened if I had not written down what Lord was giving me. You have to take every word the Lord speaks as serious and write it down, mark it down, and then open up your mouth and confess his word and his promises. I noticed that when Jabez prayed and called out to God, he prayed out loud. Jabez called on God. Not only did he understand how to pray, but Jabez was not afraid to show his faith out loud. Jabez cried out, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. He prayed, and that you would, and that your hand might be upon me. I just picked up that prayer and prayed it for myself. You can take God's word and make it personal. Always put I in there, I this and I that, you know. I remember back in 2006 when I was asking God how I could be more of a blessing to others. Part of this I prayed in October the 25th in 2006 and the last part in 2010. At the time I prayed in 2006, I was a widow living on a fixed income, even though I never saw myself that way. You have to have a different vision. You have to see yourself as God sees you. And even though I was a widow, and am a widow, I mean, I'm not a widow anymore, but even though I was a widow, an active senior citizen and a widow, living on a fixed income, I never saw myself that way. I never thought about it. I spent and did just like I always did, even before I became that way. You know, probably maybe, maybe even more so. Because um, I, I, at that time I was able to spend, you know, spend more time with the Lord, you know. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's all about um, the way the enemy, and I've talked about this before, and I'm going to mention it one more time. Well, probably we're going to mention it again, but we'll mention it this night too. <laughs> the enemy will start out, he's very deceitful. He, he's smarter than we are. He's been in school longer than we have. And he knows, how, he knows each one of us and he knows what buttons to push. He's very deceitful. And so enemy, he never comes at you with something big that you would recognize right away that's deceit. He comes with you with little things, you know. You know and, and so it's, if you think about the people in, you know, in, in the Old Testament days, in the biblical days, you think about that. They lived a long time. But they didn't have all these TVs and radios and all these commercials, you know, about these drugs and pills and, and, and all this stuff. And they didn't, you know, come, you know, go around and say, and I'm coming down with this and I'm catching that. And I believe I got that. If <laughs> there's some things you need, you don't you need to get out of your vocabulary. And, and one of them is. I'm getting a migraine, for instance, or, or, or I'm getting a migraine. I feel like I'm getting a migraine. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm getting a toothache, I'm getting a toothache, I'm getting this. Or uh, another thing you can say is every time that happens, this, you know, every time that happens, this always happens to me. And it never fails, you know, when I cough during that, uh, what do you call it, uh, allergy season or whatever, pollen or whatever. They said, oh, you must have an allergy. No, I don't have an allergy. If I did, I wouldn't say it. I don't have an allergy. You can't say that, for instance, if, if, you ha if you had the headache, you don't have to say, I get them. You can say, I've had them. Yeah. Even if you just had one an hour ago, you said, I, I had one. I've had them, but I don't get them. But you, don't, you don't say, I don't get them. You say, I, I've had them. You, know, you want to make, make it all past, point, past tense. But one of the ways that the, just a little small way, and I've said this before, some of you have heard it before, um, but the enemy, uh, you know, he tries to um, drop little thoughts in your mind from, you know, as you're growing up and as you get into your senior years or even old, your older years, you know, he starts saying, you know, when you hit 40, you know, this is going to take place, and when you get 50, you're going to get this, and when you get 60, you know, people expect you to get that, and 75, and my goodness, you know, if you get 70 or 80, 
and I better watch out. But <laughs> I'm not giving my H tonight. I'm putting a zipper on it. <laughs> but I'm blessed. Um, but, you know, he would put these uh, thoughts in my mind, you know, and, and about uh, senior citizens and this and that and the other, you know, trying to get me to get senior citizen meals, trying to get me to senior citizen coffees and stuff like that. And my sisters, they would get the senior citizens coffee and stuff. And I've told you this before, but I just ride by and say, I'll take two seniors and one regular, you know, and, and I'm senior too. But I'm not going to fall, you know, I'm not saying I don't fall for some of his stuff. But I'm trying to be more alert to his deception and his deceit so that I don't fall for it, you know. And when I feel something come along, start coming, uh, you know, he starts trying to bring something on my body, I really like to speak to it right away, right away. And, and, does it all, and, and I know that uh, prayer works and I know that power of God's word works, but I also know that every time things don't happen, immediately every time you'd like for them to happen that way but I do have a lot of them that do happen immediately and then there's times when I ask someone to pray and join prayer you know come into agreement with me you know so it, ju it just depends there's nothing wrong with that but don't 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 let him I, I, I just confess you know when he does that I just say Lord I just thank you that I'm the daughter of Sarah and as she grew old gracefully so shall I and she was old enough to give, she was healthy enough to give, have a baby in her 90s. And she was good looking enough that the king wanted her for his wife. And so I'm her daughter. <laughs> and I have new DNA. <laughs> and I'm, and, and I'm the, you know, an Abraham, you know, and I have Abraham's blessings. So anyway, I'm just covered every which way. But. Like I said, this is what I pray in Deuteronomy 18, 18. Father, your word says that, that you will give, uh, give me the power to get wealth. You said a person is worthy of his hire. And at that time, I was doing volunteer work, no pay. I'm still doing volunteer work. And 1 Timothy 5, 18, it says the laborer, the laborer is worthy of his hire. So I confessed it. Uh, you told the widow woman to take what she had in her house in 2 Kings 4, 2, and, and, uh, and you gave her increase. This part I prayed in uh, 2010. I said, Lord, you have given me wisdom and you've given me knowledge. And to, what do I have that I can use for increase? Can I redo my teaching tapes, the words of wisdom that you have given me? How can I put all these things together so I can be a blessing to others and be blessed myself? Father, I'm asking you to bring someone across my path that will have the ability to help me. Based on the authority of your holy word, you said, if I abide in you and your word abides in me, I can ask whatever I will and it will be given to me, praise God, in the name of Jesus. And you know, at that time, uh, it was right before I went on the radio, that uh, all I had was some cassette tapes. I, I, they allowed me to record all my messages at the state prison. And David introduced me to Kevin. And that was, it's going on about 11 years now, at least. And uh, I asked, we, he took me over there and I asked him if he could clean up some of them. And he said he could. So the Lord brought someone across my path that could help me use what I already had. And then I did some new messages and we would connect them with the old messages. So, and then we began on the radio uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then the Lord told me how to do it twice a day. And now we're on 260 stations worldwide. So God will, he will move, he will increase you and he will do what he says he's going to do. And like I said, Kevin back there, uh, he's been with me, um, helping me ever since. Nothing fancy saints, nothing earth shattering, just a simple God help me. Just like Jabez prayed a simple prayer. All that you would bless me and enlarge my border, he prayed and your hand might be on me. And it says God granted him his request. God granted Jabez his prayer, I believe, because Jabez had faith in God's word. You have to take God's word and apply it to your situations, children of God. And you need to confess the word out loud. Sometimes I think we try to get too spiritual about our relationship with our Father. 
when really all we have to do is ask. In closing, let me say this. I have been sharing with you tonight what the Lord impressed upon me to do. I'm not saying that this is the only way. I have shared these things with you tonight, saints, to help you in expanding your borders and your territories. What you do with them is up to you. But let me make one more major point before closing. You have to pray God's word and you have to be consistent and know that your season is now. Your appointed time is here. It is your time, so don't let the devil steal it away from you. Open your mouth and begin to declare the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Job twenty-two twenty-eight, says, You shall decide and decree a thing. Remember, what we speak, we believe. What we believe causes us to act and make decisions. I really pray that tonight that the Lord has spoken words through me that penetrated into you that will help you in making some decisions in your life. You can either choose. We, life is full of choices, and we are, where, uh, we are where we are because of our choices. But we can choose. And I'm praying tonight that you will choose to give the Lord the permission because he's not, he gives you free will. So I pray that you, you will give him the permission to increase your borders and your boundaries in every area of your life and just benefit from all that he wants so much to give you. Father God, I thank you so much. I give you praise, Father. I thank you tonight, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being my teacher and my helper. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me utterance. I thank you, God, for filling up my mouth with your word. I thank you, Father, for giving me wisdom. I thank you, Father, for giving me courage to speak what you give me to give. I thank you, Father, that you have given me a spirit of a awareness and I pray Father God tonight that all those are in here tonight that you will give them a spirit of awareness that they will be more aware of the things that's going on around them Father God and I pray Father that you will continue to bless them Lord I pray Father God that they will continue to make good choices and right decisions and that they will invite you into their life into their heart to just do a good uh, you the word says that that you began a good work in us when we accepted Jesus as our Lord. You began a good work in us, and you said, Lord, that you would do it until the day, every day until the day of Christ Jesus. So, Father, I pray that they will open up their hearts to you and that they will allow you, invite you in to take over their life, to come inside and to allow you to do the increasing that you want. I pray, Father God, that they will... Begin to speak your word over every situation that they have, knowing that the power is in your word, Lord, and that your word can move any mountain and it can shatter anything in a blinking of an eye, blink of an eye. So, Lord, I thank you again for this word. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you, God, for their faithfulness, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that they have a heart after you. And I just praise you for that, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that they have, they already know that there is one God. And all those that are listening online, I pray they know that also, that there's only one God. There will always only be one. And Father, we thank you. And in the name of Jesus, I give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.